listening to Downworlder Dish, a Shadowhunter Chronicles podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 120, where we will be discussing chapter 10 in Clockwork Princess, Like Water Upon Sand. I'm Kristen. I'm Robin. And I'm Amanda. <laughs> How is everybody? Any Great. exciting news or stories to share? I have two stories. Sto- stories. Stories. <laughs> stories. Tell me something but about your stories. See? I don't want to monopolize the conversation, so I will allow you two to go first if you have anything to share. I no? my you? voice is really scratchy. Um, so sorry, but apart from that, no, no, nope, okay. that's it. Okay. It's you all you, Amanda. Take the floor. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to tell the quick one first. Yesterday. Andy and I, again, we went to Home Depot. I don't, I still don't know what the issue is with Home Depot. So I'm going back. <laughs> I'm diving in deep. Okay. I'm not a Lowe's fan. So it's Home Depot for me. Anyway, so we get out of the car and we're walking up to the store and we see a man pushing a cart. And we thought, we had both thought we saw him like unloading his stuff into his car. So Andy walks up to him as um, we are walking up to the store and he's like hey i can take that cart from you and the guy's like oh this and andy's like yeah and he goes okay great and andy starts putting the kids in it and then the guy keeps walking and he was going into the store to shop (laughs) how awkward i was so incredibly embarrassed so he maybe he took it from someone else and like we just didn't out of the both of us thought we saw him and he was too polite and so then to he like kept walking and we watched him walk into the store and we were like oh my god what a nice person <laughs> he literally looked and he was like this one and he looked and each of us was carrying a child and so i think he was just like fuck it they need it more than i do oh but my god that's so, so kind <laughs> Is that something you're going to think about for, like, the next 40 years? I know. I totally like, I was like, I really hope we run into him in the store so we can apologize. But we never saw him. Which is so funny. Because, of course, we had to load the cart up. Which is so funny because <laughs> don't you find that, like, when you're shopping or whatever, you end up running into, like, the same people over and over again. And then you go out to your car and they're parked next to you and you're like, what the fuck? Like, yes. are you stalking me? Why are you so obsessed with me? What is going on? (laughs) It was very embarrassing, as you can imagine. And Robin is absolutely right. I have not stopped thinking about it since then. Dude, but think about him. (laughs) Because guaranteed, he's doing the same thing, going, why didn't I say, why did I just, they didn't know. Why did I I take my cart? And then I just let him, and then I just walked next to them into the store. I feel like if I was that guy, I would have walked back to my car. I would have. I would have left. <laughs> I would have been able to handle case. it. Just like I, I like, yeah. yeah. He's a Home Depot, or an, he's a Lowe's guy now. <laughs> Dude, Holy so cow, funny. That's great. I know. Obviously, still embarrassed. Even Andy, and he does not get embarrassed. He was just like, "Oh my god, I can't believe we just did that." To that man. <laughs> so funny. Okay. Okay, okay, my second story is not as funny. Okay, it's not funny at all, actually, but whatever. I'm going to make it okay. funny. I don't know. <laughs> so, <laughs> yesterday, um, Andy got home from a work trip, 
And I had to go pick him up at the airport. So we're getting home right as the time the middle school gets out. So there's tons of kids walking by our neighborhood and um, or walking by our street. And our street was a detour for a very busy street around. And it's the streets reopened. But I think a lot of people are still using our main road, like mm-hmm. the one right behind my house as a detour anyway. It's faster, whatever. And so there's a lot of traffic. And um, these children, like seventh grade, two seventh grade girls were crossing the street. We're crossing in front of a line of cars. And this woman like inched forward, I guess. I don't know if she was trying to look to see if she could turn left or whatever, for whatever reason. You know, when you just slightly lift your Uh foot off the brake and you kind of move forward. She legit hit one of those children. (gasps) Like, she bumped her. And the little girl, she, she's not little, okay? She was, like, probably, like, 12 or 13. But still, to me, she's a literal child still. Yeah. She starts laughing like she's embarrassed that someone just hit her. And I'm like, oh, my God. And the woman just drove away. <gasps> as soon Because I think she saw me start to react. Because I was the first car trying to turn. We were waiting for the girls to cross. And then I was going to turn onto the street the opposite direction. And I was just like... I can't like Andy rolled his window down. He's like waving his arm and the girls get to the side of the street and I pull over to the side. And I'm like, are you like, I saw that happen. Are you all right? I cannot believe that just happened to you. And the girl was, you could tell she was so embarrassed and she was just like, Oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. And Andy's like that. I like that just, you just got hit by a car. Are you sure you're okay? Like, I know it just looked like a bump, but like that was literally a vehicle hit your body, your, her knees and stuff. It was who hits a child and then just drives away. She didn't even roll down her window and say, I'm so sorry, are you all right? She just kept driving. It was crazy. People are just in such a hurry. Dude, you should have taken a picture of her plate. I know. Mm-hmm. I was so worried and about the kid. It... I wasn't even thinking about it. I should yeah. have. Absolutely should have. Anybody have any ring footage of this? Like, this is awful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you get the next door app or something? Yeah. yeah. I, something. I mean, I see yeah. stuff on there all the time. Ugh. Anyway, I just had to share that because I couldn't believe it. And what was weird was, like... 20 minutes after we have a work group chat and one of my coworkers text and he was like, people are such crazy drivers. Like I almost just got hit. And I was like, bro, I just watched a child get hit. And it's like the same neighborhood. So crazy. crazy. <laughs> Maybe it was the same lady. I don't know. Maybe She's just out hitting Maybe. people. <laughs> She's on a rampage. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. Anyway, those are my stories. And all of that happened yesterday. I eventful love day stories that's i don't insane. know why i had we to add that a- andy was at the airport they lost his luggage too we had to go pick that up today Ooh, that sucks yeah at least it was on the return not the trip out so mm-hmm. that's cool yep uh, amanda and i saw a coyote today oh, yeah we did on the side of the freeway on the side of the freeway just standing there with his little ears pricked up he looked kind of majestic he did like he should be on a soft blanket <laughs> yeah Sold, sold on the side of the abandoned road. Abandoned parking lot on the side of the road. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like where they're pinned up on the on the wire fence. The the chasing yeah, fence. Exactly. Yeah. With the with the flags. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hair is driving me bonkers. Oh. Yep. That's about it. That's my life. I love it. Um, I do as well. What was with I, that face? You know what I've been doing this week? I, us making D characters and my husband's been making fun of me <laughs> oh he's so lame he is so lame no <laughs> he's he's clearly 
clearly the one that's out of touch. Yeah, clearly. Totally, yeah. He's like, he, he picked up my backpack because I have, like, all my stuff, like, put in for easy, like, transporting around the house when I want to work somewhere else. He picked up my backpack uh-huh. and he's like, Jesus Christ, I'm there. Cause I'm like, there's, like, five books in there. Like... <laughs> Like Did you five buy source books. additional books? Well, I mean, so I have the player's handbook. I have my Dungeon Master's Guide, and I have my uh, uh, monster manual. And then, did you have those already? Yeah, and then and then the two. Okay. Yeah. A monster manual. Yes. Yeah. It's necessary. It's kind of like the monster book of monsters, but you don't have to stroke it. Yeah. It's it's a it's a core it's a core rule book. <laughs> She doesn't know what that is. <laughs> nope. <laughs> oh, good stuff. All right. Yeah, I'm I'm boring. I haven't really had anything going on in, on my end. That's amazing. I'm having a hard time with this document. So, <laughs> what's new? Who says document? What are you going to say laboratory next? <laughs> yes. Laboratory. <laughs> Who are you, me? <laughs> Yes. Listen, I just want to preface this entire chapter by telling another story. And it is that I read this chapter as everyone who is listening right now should have. Because don't rely on us for the details. You had homework. We're not that good at this. Um, (laughs) Anyway, I literally finished this chapter and I was like, okay, I'm going to go pee. And then I'm going to start the next one because I don't remember what happens next. And I am stoked. Like, this Mm -hmm. is the first time rereading that I've been like, oh, my God, I got to keep reading. And um, my kid woke up and I couldn't. And so I still don't remember what happens next. I'm <laughs> super bummed. I haven't had time to re- like read the next chapter again. You know, the big strokes, but like not how you got there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 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 I didn't realize that this was the chapter that it was until about like halfway through the chapter. And I was like, oh, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so exciting. Oh. We are getting nitty gritty it's almost the end of this i just can't even believe we're almost done with this i know i know we're like halfway through it's insane (sighs) so what do you guys say we cut the chit chat and kick things off with robin's recap previously on downworld or dish we're thrown into the action as the institute peeps spring into action you know how i was like I keep writing this like literally five minutes before we're supposed to record and it's better. That's not. (laughs) That is not. I write work emails and I make sure that I don't use the same word more than like once Uh within three sentences. And I'm sending it to people that can't spell your correctly. But I still care. So that was awful. Anyway, my bad. The automatons have gone through an upgrade and no longer need the AOL disk to work. (laughs) They're less human and more spicy robots. Tessa grabs an ornamental sword and joins the melee, saving Charlotte. Her luck runs thin when she has a reunion with Mrs. Black, who, spoiler alert, is still in league with Morty and there to take her back to his lair. Tessa is temporarily saved by Justin Chime Gem because the automaton was... (laughs) I can't sing this. My throat hurts and I can't sing anyway. Uh... Trying to get away into the night, but he put his arms around him and they tumbled to the ground. I think we're alone now. <laughs> Doesn't seem to be, be anyone, anyone around. around. 
Yeah. Thank Fucking you for joining Tiffany, me. baby. Oh my God. <laughs> I just read the next What? <laughs> Calling I'm you so out. <laughs> anyway, his efforts were for naught because Mrs. Black made off with Tessa like Amanda pilfering Splenda packets. <laughs> Shots fired. Why would I pay for them Bra- when they're giving them out free at Firehouse Subs? Okay. <laughs> Oh Every time I refill my drink, I grab three. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that you have boy. a number limit. That's how many I use in my coffee. So it's like a cup of coffee each time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Get a space out the stealing. So yeah. they don't okay. get I'm, I am sidebarring a recap and that is so annoying and I'm sorry. sorry but we went to a pho place mm-hmm. and they have these really beautiful chopsticks and I had never been to a restaurant that wasn't like a sushi track that had like disposable stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, you're coming home with me. These are so nice. And there's a sign on the table. It's like, the chopsticks are not for your house. Don't take them. <laughs> <laughs> and Omar's like, that's for you. <laughs> do not take it. Like, don't do that. And I was just like, okay. If they had to do a sign, I'm not the only one that thought that, though. Right. So anyway. They caught you before you even did anything wrong. Yeah. I love that Omar's exactly. like, that's for your white trash ass. <laughs> exactly. You don't take shit I took my restaurant. mom with me to a work dinner at Ruth's Chris one time. She legit oh. stole the bread basket and the steak knives. But she asked first. The waiter was like, if I don't see it, I don't know. Because what's he going to say? Please don't Why? steal our stuff. <laughs> Especially at at one of those dinners, because the bill's like, like four grand, at least. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh-huh. You know, so he's <laughs> he's working on tips. He's like, I don't give a fuck if you take the bread basket, but you take it. <laughs> yep. You want some oh napkins God. too? <laughs> <laughs> Just give me some bread. Yeah. <laughs> oh. oh, that's some good shit. I love that. Yep. <laughs> Good sidebar, Robin. Yeah, sorry. <coughs> Worth it. Back inside, Will, who was sent to fetch Cyril, notices a disturbance in the Parabro Force. When the necklace Magnus gave him starts pulsing, he takes the staff and they head on to the battlefield, which is basically Bridget being an absolute <laughs> bam and murdering all the robots. Jessamine is mortally wounded and spends her last moments with Will, telling him to watch out for her dolls and repeating her mixed message on Morty's whereabouts. Jim, being the dutiful fiancé, tried to run after Tessa, but he returns empty-handed and falls into a coughing fit in the courtyard. Mm. That's sad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bridget really was a bamf. Like, Dude, she went, like, full, like, Assassin's Creed, like, some crazy, like, acrobatic shit where, with the, yeah. Uh-huh. I was, I, there I was two points that. in this chapter when I was reading it. I got, physically got goosebumps. <laughs> and I was just like, Ooh. Yeah. Let's see yeah, if we we'll can guess which ones they are. Cool. Yeah. Huh? Let's see if we yeah. can guess which spots they are. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So Cecily, everyone has, you know, the battle has finished. Jem has been whisked inside with the Silent Brothers. Gideon is injured. He he got his leg 
banged up pretty bad, and he's been taken back to his rooms. And Cecily is hovering at Jem's door while the Silent Brothers are trying to stabilize him. Charlotte and Will are there. It's clearly an emotional moment, but, like, she needs to talk to Will. And just as Cecily's about to go in, she gets pulled back into the hallway by Gabriel. Hold your horses. I know what you're thinking, but this is not a bow chicka wow wow situation. <laughs> okay. Gabriel. It's a brown chicken, brown cow. Clearly. Please. How do you make something that's already lame, lamer? <laughs> Ask Robin. <laughs> um, your skin is not as white as mine. Mm-hmm. Well, also, I didn't have a dad True. like you. Yeah. This is true. <laughs> the dad jokes are ingrained. Mm-hmm. True. None of us Where's had a bill. Where's the down store? I cannot. I will never forget that as long as I fucking live. Your father will live. <laughs> Every time I see UPS, I think of your father. I think of Bill. Right free in your head. Every single time. We had to go to USPS today, and I kept saying, Uspis. <gasps> she did. <laughs> that did happen. And Very I funny. laughed every time. <laughs> Uspis. Dude, if you get a DNA test, it's going to come out like 90% corny. Like 100% uh-huh. that nerd. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love making fun of Robin, but I still say fiddlesticks when I drop shit. So like, I really have no room to talk. <laughs> No, I've moved straight forward to fuck. <laughs> I say that too. <laughs> but sometimes it's just fiddlesticks. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, so Gabriel actually seems sincere. Uh, probably the most authentic and real we've seen Gabriel act with somebody that's not his brother, like in this entire series. And he explains that Will being in the room with Jem is actually physically helping Jem because he's drawing strength from his pair bro tie. Obviously. So cool. Isn't it? I don't know. And the <laughs> I don't know. I love Gabriel and Cecily talking to each other. It There's so much tension in me when I'm I'm like a ball of nerves when I'm reading them talking to each other I get nervous like I'm fucking 13 and have a crush on someone and they're talking to me (laughs) please don't die Robin I'm not I'm trying not to cough Uh, so she can't help but notice Gabriel's dashing good looks after a battle meow (laughs) I I like when she's explaining him, though. She's like, he's kind of, like, plain looking. Right. But not. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm into it. Yeah. Right. (laughs) So I'm going to read a little excerpt of their exchange from the book. Gabriel ran his hands through his mop mop of tousled hair. You have not been with the Shadowhunters very long, he said. You may not understand. To lose your parabatai, it is no small thing. We take it as seriously as using, losing a husband or a wife or a brother or a sister. It is as if you were lying in that bed. Will would not care as much if I were lying in that bed. Gabriel snorted. Your brother would not have taken so much trouble to warn me off you, off you if he did not care about you, Miss Herondale. <laughs> off you. I like that. Yeah. 
<clears throat> so Cecily cuts right through the bullshit. She's like, yeah, you and my brother hated each other, uh, or have hated each other. So what's with all the consideration? Like, why now are you being nice and like thinking about him? This doesn't make any sense. She's, she's not going to get sidetracked by the, your brother warned me off of you. She's like, that's something I'll handle later. But right now, yep. I'm a bitch with a mission. <laughs> Poor Gabriel is trying his best to take the high road here, but he can't help but bring up old shit. He's like, uh, no, I fucking don't like Will. He broke my arm once, didn't you know? Um, he's a real dick, but I realize that maybe I'm not right about everything in the world, and I'm trying to be better. <laughs> But also, your brother broke my arm. Right. <laughs> Gotta ring his home mom. He goes on to say that this is more about his compassion for Jem than it is about Will. Even Gabriel can't help but recognize Jem for the absolute angel that he is. Okay, listen. I think that obviously, I'm not counting Jem because mm-hmm. he just doesn't count. Um, but it's crazy to me how. Gabriel's character, like when we first meet him or whatever, he's very like hoity toity and like mm-hmm. I'm better than you and all this stuff. But out of all of our male characters, he like admits fault and admits like because like Will has internal monologue where he's like, oh, yeah, damn it, I messed up or like or he'll um, reveal it has to that, Tessa he... or something like that, but not, yeah, mm-hmm. because and it's not like. To me, it feels like it's not a ploy. Like, he's not saying these things to Cecily because he wants... He's trying to put on a front for her, like, oh, look, I am a gentle soul. Because he admits it to, you know, Gideon and Sophie was in, Mm -hmm. like, everybody. Like, he's just very much like, yeah, I fucked up. Like, what? Big time. Big time. Yeah, his willingness to be vulnerable by saying I was wrong and, like, learning Uh from his... Actively learning from his mistakes is... Is kind of, is way more mature than anything we've really seen. I mean, Jem, like you said, Jem is like a full, like adult human on his uh-huh, own that uh-huh. like has his shit worked out already. Yeah. He's not a exactly. teenager. He's so not he a normal count. teenager. No. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> and as much as this moment for Gabriel is about opening up and being honest, Cecily does not have time for this shit. She's like, yeah. I like Jem, too. He's great. You know what Jem would love? Me telling my brother that thing that I have to tell him right now in this moment. Gabriel's like, okay, fine. I'll go ahead and get Will because if he's going to be pissed, at least he's going to be pissed at me and not at you. Chivalry isn't dead, folks. Mm -hmm. Gabriel Lightwood here coming in clutch. So So without saying any... I just have to say... I'm sorry. No. Um, at, before I actually read what I before I reread what she actually wanted, I was thinking this was going to be similar to like what Robin was describing Williams doing to her. <laughs> Can I ask you a question? I love you. You know, it's just going to be like, so um, what's going on in there? Tell me. What I have FOMO. Yeah. What are you guys doing? Tell me. <sighs> Obviously, not even close, but. <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh my god. So without saying anything else, Gabriel goes into the room and shuts the door behind him. 
And Cecily does that sitcom lean where, like, the door is closing and she's, like, going with the door to, like, try and see in as much as she can. (laughs) And she sees uh, Charlotte standing by Jem's bed, but, like, not really much else. And she doesn't really have a chance to contemplate, like, what her next move is because the door opens and Gabriel walks out. And Cecily starts to ask him where Will is. And he gives her this look, like, be cool, motherfucker. Like, what do you... Like, do can you not, like, keep, maintain your chill for two seconds? <laughs> Just a second? No. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely not. Because Will is literally right behind him. Because Gabriel's tall, so I'm sure she couldn't see that there was a whole human behind Gabriel. Right. One thing that I find really <clears throat> interesting about this whole scene is that even though before Gabriel went to go get Will, he told Cecily, like, this better be important. I'm doing this because you're asking me to and you're telling me it's important and I'm trusting you. So it better be good because, you know, like, <coughs> this is a big deal, me going in and pulling him away from Jem at this moment. But yeah. he doesn't even hesitate and try to, like, hang out and, like, Get the cheese may or anything. He's just like, all right, I got your brother and I trust that this is important because you told me it is and I'm going to walk away now. And that, dude, BDE vibes for sure. Faux shizzle. Dude, Gabriel just climbed in the ranks for me right there. (laughs) Who would not at least just walk around the corner and eavesdrop? Like, I mean, maybe he did. We don't know, but. Yeah, that's fair. Uh-huh. But that's some swagger. Mm-hmm. Like, I see you, Gabriel Lightwood. So Gabriel exits stage right, and the flames subside, leaving Cecily standing in front of a traumatized shell of her brother. Will starts telling a story about how every year on the anniversary of, like, his arrival to the Institute, he got depressed and wrote his family letters that he would never send because he believed that they all hated him. I'm going to read this little uh, moment. Moment, Yes. And she, because Cecily's like, we didn't blame you. And he's like, yep, this isn't about you. I'm still monologuing. He just doesn't even acknowledge her. Nope. (laughs) Quote, after the first year, even though I still dreaded the day's approach, I began to find that there was something Jem simply had to do every November 10th some training exercise or some search that would take us to the far end of the city in the cold, wet winter weather. I would use, I I would abuse him bitterly for it. Of course, sometimes the damp chill made him ill or he would forget his drugs and become ill on the day, coughing blood and confined to bed. And that would be a distraction too. And only after it happened three times for, I am very stupid, Sessie and think only (laughs) of myself. Wow. Okay. Growth. Did I realize <laughs> Did I realize that of course he was doing it for me? He had noticed the date and was doing all he could to draw me from my melancholy. Okay. So like wipe your tears. Right. Jem is so fucking beautiful. But also Jem, what are you doing not taking your medicine? What is with people not taking their medicine? Stop. <laughs> he did it on purpose so he would get sick. So then Will would be distracted by him being sick. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, find another way. Right. <laughs> <clears throat> Please do not put yourself in that much risk. 
where you're coughing up blood. You're internally bleeding as a distraction. I think you can come up with something better. I really like that you call it his medicine, too. Huh? His medicine. Yeah. He can't help it. Poor guy. Yeah. So Cecily has this really beautiful moment of internal monologue where she's like realizing how vulnerable Will's being and she recognizes that she hasn't seen the side of him like in the time that she's been with the shadow hunters since she's come like this is so raw this is like the Will she knew when she was a kid and dude like can we not with a gut punch? Like, this is just the first of many gut punches that we are going to get in this chapter, and I don't know if I can yep. handle it. <laughs> There's another excerpt that I would like to read for you because I can't paraphrase it because it's sad. He put his I'm arms listening. around <laughs> he put his arms about himself as if he were cold. I do not know who to be without him, he said. Tessa is gone, and every moment she is gone is a knife ripping me apart from the inside. She is gone, and they cannot track her, and I have no idea where to go or what to do next. And the only person I can imagine speaking my agony to is the one person who cannot know, even if he were not dying. (laughs) Yep. What? Speechless, yeah. You poor, poor, tortured soul. I can't. It makes me so sad. He's hugging himself because he doesn't feel like he can ask for a hug, you guys. I just want to be his mom. I don't know. (laughs) I just just want to take care of him, make him some soup. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. What kind of soup? Lean on me. I don't know. Cecily can't take it. Some cold chicken. Some cold chicken. Yeah, I want to make him some cold chicken. Cecily can't take it anymore. She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a tortured soul. We get it. But if you'd shut the fuck up for two seconds, I'd be able to tell you that I think I know where Tessa is. He's like, wait, (laughs) what? (laughs) Why didn't you lead with that? (laughs) Oh. Um. <laughs> Hold on, I I have to re- I have to decipher what I wrote. <laughs> so Will, <laughs> you're speaking in first person for Will. Yeah, you yeah, are Will. I am yeah. Will. That's Wilston. So Will was like, how, how could you know anything? And she's like, bitch, I was standing right next to you when Jessamine was dying and called you a bad Welshman. And oh, in case you forgot, I lived in Mortmain's house and I knew him. So maybe I might be a resource. Did you ever think of that? <laughs> dumb, dumb. No, you fucking teenage detective. You didn't. <laughs> So she goes on to explain that Jessamine kept saying Mortmain was in Idris, but they know that that's impossible. But what if she meant a different Idris? Like maybe a mountain in Wales called Catter Idris. (laughs) If they would have just gotten a map. (laughs) Like, 
if they torture okay and she even says obviously like you're about you're a bad welshman like if she knew it was a different idris why didn't she say that they would have stopped stopped torturing her i don't I'm think sure. she could yeah like something to do with the magic in her because she okay, she was like okay. magically bound to not be able to reveal anything interesting uh-huh. yeah anyway <laughs> So just, we're going to leave Will and Cecily with that bombshell, right? Just a hop, skip, and a jump down the hall to Gideon's room where Sophie is fussing over him in his injured state. Oh, my God. So she she gives him something called a posset, right? And so, of course, I had to look it up. Because I was like, what the fuck right. is this nasty thing that I'm sure is disgusting? And guess what? It is. Uh-huh. So a posset was originally a popular British hot drink made of milk curdled with wine or ale, often spiced, which was used as a remedy. In the 16th century, the drink evolved into cream, sugar, and citrus-based confection, which is still consumed today as a cold-set dessert similar to syllabub, which is like egg white, Like I think. I think that's what syllabub is. Yeah, it's like cream and egg white or whatever whipped. Weird. Moose. Um, Uh Uh-huh. That sounds disgusting. Milk curdled Uh with wine or ale? Gross. I don't... um, She says it's going to build his blood. (laughs) Dude. I have a crappy American palate. So, like... Yeah. Like, I don't... I'm not a big fan of... um, chocolate that's not Hershey's chocolate <laughs> uh-huh yep because it's um like sour basically like it's made differently mm-hmm. like when and I went to Spain like, and they is... had regular cane sugar I was just like eh pass <laughs> this isn't sweet enough yeah, well, I, I like Splenda so obviously not I like red dye 40 <laughs> yeah red dye exactly. 40 oh my god uh so uh, Gideon and Sophie are kind of bickering with each other. And it's the cutest, most wholesome thing ever. Yeah. Oh, my God. Because he's be- trying to be so, like, proper and polite. And she is giving him all sorts of shit. She is like, I'm going to say whatever the fuck I want to you. It's <laughs> great. And he is taking it. He is. He's He's doing good. He's doing good. She's reflecting on, like, the battle and realizing, like, how everything went down, like, when he was injured and how, like, much that affected her. And she's like, oh, fuck, I got it bad. Like, whoops. You got it. You got it bad. (laughs) When you're on the phone, hang up and you call right back. Counting scones. (laughs) <laughs> sorry that was really bad she does she does have this moment where she's like god i wish i would have seen the look on his face when bridget walked into his room was like i'm here to clean the scones from beneath your bed <laughs> <laughs> and she probably didn't give a shit she's probably just singing a song yeah he's all embarrassed yeah. so sophie jabs him about scone gate again and gideon is so cute he earnestly apologizes to sophie and goes out of his way to make sure that she knows that he doesn't think any different of her because of her job he's like that's not like i don't want you to think that that's like i was playing a trick on you he's like i was really just trying to see (laughs) 
Uh-huh. And I'm an idiot because I'm rich. Yep. Uh, please beg okay. my pardon. I don't know if you go into this, so sorry if you do, but my favorite part where he's just like, he's like, well, I don't think it's anything wrong with your scones. She's like, they're not my scones. I didn't make them. Mm-hmm. Yep. Bridget did like, that nothing hit. against you. Yep. Yep. So I'm, I'm going to read this last little bit of their conversation because it is just too fucking cute. Um, yeah, he's just so awkward. It's charming. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Sophie took her hands off I her wish hips. I people thought that about me. <laughs> Sophie took her hands off her hips. Well, she said, it was not many gentlemen who had, who would apologize to a servant. That was a very pretty apology. And I'm sure the scones are very good. He added hastily. It's just, I, I just don't like scones. I never liked scones. It's not your scones. Do st- do please stop saying the word scone, Mr. Lightwood. All right. And they are not my scones. Bridget made them. All right. And you are not drinking your posset. He opened his mouth and then shut it hastily and lifted the mug. When he was looking at her over the rim, she relented and smiled. His eyes lit up. Oh! Love's in the air. Oh my god, I love it. Also, I agree with the no the scones thing. Pass. Oh, I love a good scone. It's got to be made well. Brynn and I get these uh, blackberry almond scones at the farmers market. They're like as big as your head. They're so big. They're so delicious. I'll take one. You sold me. Gotta try it. Yep. Yeah. Bring it to me warm. Please deliver. Okay. <laughs> Noted. Kruber eats. Uh, yeah. Crusted eats. It's <laughs> awesome. Okay, so we jump over to, I guess, outside where some of the Enclave members are at the Institute sifting through the piles of crap from the attack, like the pieces of the automatons. And I think it's weird. I don't know what sort of like clues they're going to find here. I don't know if Blue was here and they're like, a clue, a clue. I just, I, I don't know. Because it's not really mentioned again in this chapter, right? I don't mm-hmm. remember reading anything about them finding anything or being helpful. So it was just weird. I guess, I don't know. They so were just Consul like my Wayland uncle. They were ins- sorting scrap metal. Yeah. <laughs> For cash. I was yep. going to say, like, Southeast Portland, but... I bet there's probably lots of copper. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they're thinking they'll find, like, I don't know, demonic something. Binder. Right. Like a cog yeah. that says, like, Axel Mortmain Incorporated. <laughs> and his location. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, with the like address. he turned his location on one of the robots. <laughs> yeah. On accident. The GPS. Forgot to turn the Bluetooth off. Yeah. Just tell it to go home. Yeah. Just follow it. <laughs> Press its homing device or whatever. <laughs> uh, okay. So Consul Wayland is inside with Charlotte, Will, and Cecily in the drawing room, and they're discussing um, where they believe Mortmain is located. And con- the Consul's, like, totally proving what a giant dick he is by not really taking this seriously because he says Cecily is just a child. <laughs> And she is not taking any of his shit and totally defends herself by telling him that Mortmain was a family friend. And Charlotte's like, yeah. And Ragnar confirmed that the Herondale family was living at Ravenscar Manor. So, like, she's not just making it up. Like, 
yeah, she uh-huh. might be a kid, but there's all these extra factors here. You know, do you have to at, at the very least, can't you just go investigate? Like, I just don't. Anyway, he, we'll mm-hmm. get there. So Will urges the console to take this seriously since Mortmain wants to fuck with them. Like, this totally makes sense. And um, console dickhole thinks that there are probably other places around the world that are also called Idris. Seriously? Hmm. What a tool. Like, seriously. That's just so convenient. Like, you didn't think of that before. Cecily thinks of it. Uh-huh. And so you can't even investigate it. It's just whatever. Yep. It wasn't his idea. So. Yeah, exactly. So stupid. So Will explains that the mountain cat Kadar, is that how we think it's said? Anyway, it this Idris mountain is hollow. So what better of a place to practice dark magic than inside of a freaking mountain? Like, no one's going to uh-huh. go investigate sounds or see you building a 10-foot automaton. Because they think it's the town folk think it's haunted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Probably because he's been it's practicing dark cover. magic in there. Right? Yeah, because he's fucking old. <gasps> yeah. Right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. He's been doing it for as long as all these people have been alive. Really? Uh-huh. So Will wonders if the reason that his family was chosen by Mortmain was simply because of their location, because they were so close to his family was living so close to the mountain and a shadow hunter family. Like he just wanted to fuck with shadow hunters. Probably. Mm-hmm. It's just like in his soul to fuck with them. So I don't know, because it, it would be a, an interesting um, coincidence, I suppose, that then Will falls in love with the girl that he won't anyway i don't know smaller uh-huh. thing coincidences have happened like me taking a cart away from a man at the grocery store <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> isn't it ironic that's not irony <laughs> that's not how this works <laughs> so we can even if consult dickhole it <laughs> is Sorry. convinced he doesn't think it's um <clears throat> I don't know what I was trying to say here, but basically he it's doesn't going think it's to. enough. Yeah, it's not yeah. it's not gonna be enough to convince the clave to send shadow hunters to like go investigate, which I think is stupid, but whatever. He then says something that I needed to reread because I must have missed it the first time around. He says that the automatons can fold into themselves somehow so they fit in smaller spaces. Like seven or eight of the automatons were actually inside of that carriage. So there have to be, like, a shitload in the mountain, and he's just, like, I guess that's why he doesn't want to go investigate, because there could be so many of them that they don't have enough people. But, like, what are you going to do, even if that's right? Yeah, like, you're just going to let them rule the roost? Right, like, what? I don't know what I was trying to say there. That sounds like a mom thing that you have said about your children. (laughs) (laughs) Fiddlesticks McGee over I, here. Like that a hundred percent sounds like something that you have said to your husband. Like, what are we gonna do? Let him room the rule the roost. I feel like it's something my mom had said to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just came out. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I like it. so <laughs> So then console the console points out that Mortmain must not have realized that the Lightwood brothers would be there or he would have likely sent more robots because obviously they can fight. And Will is like, fuck the Lightwoods, dude. Bridget. And I quote, he says, she carved those creatures up like a Christmas turkey. Like, yeah, she did. I feel 
realized I need to be quiet, not yell. My kid's sleeping. <laughs> oh, whoops. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> I was excited. Uh-huh. <laughs> is this one of the ones that gave you a chill? Is it? Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. I Me also want to know, like, why is Bridget not ascending? I know. Yeah. Obviously, what, she's agreed. got the skills. It, clearly. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I guess maybe she doesn't. I was going to skip ahead, so nope. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So then the consul throws his hands up in the air like a mother just before bedtime. Done. Yeah, we're done. done. <laughs> He's tired of listening to the shit. He says that they've been um, reading, uh, like they is in the clave, I assume, Benedict's papers, and they believe that his no- his they believe his notes that Mortmain is just outside of London. So. Um, he doesn't believe Benedict would lie in his own journals. So, like, they're just going to believe what was written here. Charlotte's like, he was going freaking crazy. Well, why would uh-huh. he lie? He didn't know he was lying because he was going crazy, but whatever. Okay. So, Charlotte tells, uh, Consul tells Charlotte that if she feels so strongly about this lead to go to Wales, she can bring it up at the next meeting in a fortnight. A fortnight. Okay. And Will is like, bro, Tessa, she was taken today, like mad. And I can't get too mad. That was I told one. you my kid was sleep- is sleeping. So <laughs> imagine I said that with a lot of enthusiasm. OK, uh. <laughs> so then um, the consul tells him that she's not a priority. And Will yells at him, saying that she is his priority. And the room just goes silent like no one knows what to say. Because he's like, she is my priority. Italicized. Capital my. Okay. <laughs> Awkward. And eventually, yeah, the consul finally, like, breaks the silence and he speaks up. And he says that, like, I thought she was engaged to your pair bow tie. Not you. And Will's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I just, like, guard his stuff like it's my own. So, oh. like, I'm caring for her while he's sick. Incapacitated. So, yeah. Exactly. Fooling nobody, Mr. Herondale. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go in with a little story here about okay. that type of stuff for just a minute. I'm gonna break up the sadness. I had I needed a document yesterday, and I was not in a position to get the document because I couldn't remember my username and password to get said document. And um, I was like, I'll just like Google saves my passwords. Like I'll just log into Google. Well, somehow my backup device to prove that it's me is my child's tablet that was at the house. So I couldn't get into uh-huh. it. Weird. And so I was just like, oh, you know what? My Google account saved on Amanda's computer. I'll just ask her. And so I text her to do it and she gets me the document or whatever. And I'm explaining it to my husband. Like, wasn't that cool? Mm-hmm. Whatever. And he's like, Amanda has your passwords. <laughs> And I was like, oh, she has your passwords, too, because your passwords are mine. <laughs> and he was like, what? And I was like, listen, if I die, I need someone to get into my accounts. And it's not you. <laughs> yeah. Because, again, your passwords are my passwords and you can't remember the passwords. Right. So, Same like, I need husband. someone else to be able to get in there and delete my browser history. Yeah, absolutely. Like, absolutely. Here's the code to my phone. Here are my passwords. Like, what would we have done? Yeah. Right. Tell me, tell me what your decision is. This yep. is great. Yeah. I watched a TikTok the other day where this woman's husband had died, 
and she didn't know the passcode to his phone and so she couldn't get all of his pictures and stuff of their kids <sighs> and the pictures just of like you know everything that he had on there different documents and stuff i think she was even saying there was important information on there that she couldn't get to and there was nothing she could do she'd contacted whatever the phone company she'd done all this stuff and there was literally nothing she could do so she was going to tiktok to see if there were any like hackers that could help her because that, yeah, uh, legitimately happened to my mother-in-law mm-hmm. oh yeah uh-huh Anyway, the reason I logged in was so you could get pictures of a customer's mattress right. off the account. But, like, it just, like, it was it convenient. Right. Yeah, yeah. It was convenient. <laughs> no, yeah, you should always have a file. You should have a file with, like, a just-in-case file with all of your information. Because mm-hmm. there is nothing worse than trying to, like, retroactively recreate somebody's, like, financial life. It's a fucking nightmare. Uh-huh. I've had to do it. Yeah. It's no fun. <sighs> PSA, guys. Tell your bestie yeah. your password. That's that's our adult <laughs> our adult uh yeah. advice. You gotta wait though. You gotta get up to that tier. Like either two of you can have my accounts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well Robin knows for real. Robin knows my password for everything. <laughs> Uh-huh. I, you know my both of you know my yeah, yeah, same. So, but it's yeah. like we've reached we've le- leveled up yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's an ascension of our own well and what's funny is password when she needed the password that she needed i i knew what it was she, she didn't yeah. like i was just like is it this one and we i showed her a picture i was like yeah that's the one uh-huh. <laughs> anyway just in the moment it was, yeah it was a really good one i liked that good sidebar <laughs> Um, so there's some back and forth between Will, uh, between the console and Will about Will and Cecily's parents, basically about them getting married and Ascension. And is that what you were going to bring up? Like, yeah, uh-huh. he said she wasn't a good candidate for Ascension and stuff. That's what I wanted to know. Mm-hmm. Who gets to like, who chooses that? Or yeah. like, I feel like maybe she didn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. Which is why I don't. Maybe she was sickly. I don't know. Who their mom? Who gets yeah. to decide? Yeah. Who gets? Yeah. To decide she who's didn't a good want candidate. that life. So I think that's why she wasn't a candidate. Is because she wasn't interested. Right. Okay. She chose that. Yeah. <laughs> that <makes laughs> but sense. he wanted. They're, they're like. She they're like. Oh, so. she's not good enough because she doesn't want it. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah, her whole attitude towards the shadow hunters is very negative. Right, uh-huh. it seemed like it was pretty easy for them to lead that life. So, yeah. yeah. I don't know, from the stories anyway. So, eventually, the console takes a right turn back to the conversation at hand and tells Will that this isn't a war. Like, this is, or this is a war. This isn't a rescue. And um, Charlotte reminds Consul Dick Holt that Mortmain is, like, his intent is to use Tessa as a weapon against them. And he gives uh-huh. no shits. And nope. he tells Charlotte that um, she needs to get her shadow hunters in order, basically. And um, she's like, we are in order. Law and order. And um, basically, like, I'm going to be recording all of these details. I told you all of this stuff. And um, if shit hits the fan, like, people are going to know about it. And he's <laughs> like, that's what it means to be console. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Like I want this notated in my medical file that you I asked for this test and you refused to do yeah. it. Yeah, that's what that is. Yep. He didn't care. He called her bluff. <laughs> You're like, bitch, I'm just gonna do whatever the fuck I want when you leave, anyways. Go home. Yeah. <laughs> yep. 
So then we jump over to Gabriel and his PTSD is running his mind again. And he's remembering again the moment that he pulled the arrow back towards his father. Mm. And he's interrupted by Consul Dickhole asking if he regrets staying at the Institute. Gabriel tells him, like, no, it's fine here. It's okay. The Consul's like, oh, then why are you basically, like, hiding and looking terrified that someone might find you? So annoying. Projection much? What are you doing? Right? Yeah. So Gabriel gets defensive, of course, and he asks if he's insults, insinuating that Gabriel ran from the fight, which I'm not sure how he got that from what he said, but I guess it is kind of what he, I don't know. So the consul's like, no, I wouldn't say that. Then he finally sees something real and he's like, oh shit, bro, you saw your father die. And now you thought you were going to see your brother die too. Like, whoa, big shit. Which you would think, you know that he's still, because he's still a child, right? He's like 17. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. Be nice to him. His father died. He's going through a lot. Whatever. He's been getting hit with the heavy for a a minute. (laughs) He's like thrown into the institute. And yeah, his brother's here and he's being well cared for. But like, still, it's just crazy to think. Just because of the way they live their lives, it's okay to not treat him with some respect. And Uh I don't know. So, sorry, I keep scrolling. This mouse is terrible on this computer. So, anyway, internally, Gabriel tells us that the real reason he's hiding out behind the stables is that he's ashamed that he believes Will is a better brother to Jem than Gabriel is to Gideon. That's so cute. But also, Will and Jem don't have the luxury of being blood-related and being able to... Mm -hmm. I I mean, I'm sure they they could fight and and make up and all of of those things, too. But it's a different relationship. It's a different dynamic. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, the consul then goes on about how this attack is Charlotte's fault. Because of her overwhelming pride. And Gabriel's confused because he's like, she doesn't seem proud. Like, what are you talking about? And then the consul pulls Gideon and Gabriel's first letter to him out of his pocket and asks if that's why they wrote this garbage. Like, just to annoy me? Were you just doing, were you trying to do this to annoy me? Oh my God, you got it right. (laughs) Yeah, Gabriel literally says, did it work? And I am so proud of him. He is so nervous after he says that, that he thinks that the consul is going to hit him. Like, <laughs> just give him a good smack. But instead, he um, tells him that, like, you're not as weak as I imagined you to be, basically. Mm. Which is another, like, that is an insult. I know that you don't think it is, but it is. You stupid right. idiot. So Gabriel tells him not to bother asking him and his brother to do any more spying on Charlotte. The consul is surprised that Gabriel is already this loyal to Charlotte. And Gabriel tells him that there um, was nothing, like, there's nothing in her letters anyway. There wasn't anything to tell you. Like, you threatened us, so we had to tell you something, so we just made it up. Um, uh-huh. And he's like, you could have told me the truth. And he's like, you didn't want to hear the truth. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they know that um, the consul wants Charlotte out, but he doesn't want it to look like he had a part in her leaving. Uh-huh. Um, you know, because even, like, I don't know. But anyway, 
So she's not doing anything wrong, whatever. And the consul tells him, truth is malleable. Truth can be uncovered, certainly, but it can also be created. I just don't feel like that's how truth works. <laughs> There's a giant library here. Get a dictionary. Right? That's how, yeah, that's how, that's how rich people think that truth works. Yeah. <laughs> don't you think he should just have, like, like a whiskey in his hand and like a cigar and a giant mustache and a monocle at this point. Yes. Yeah. Although that is sort of how I, I, I pictured um, Benedict Lightwood. Okay. This guy, for some reason, and I don't remember if we've gotten a physical description of him, but I feel like he's very large, like tall and just large. Yeah. He's a big, like broad, blonde hair. He looks like a okay. Viking. Okay, yeah, that's what I imagined. So we must have like yeah. Gaston. Yeah, <laughs> I was thinking chubbier. Although I did just watch that movie the other night. The live action or the animated? No, the animated. I have a three year old. Okay. I can't do live action yet. <laughs> Although he wasn't super into Cinderella, so I had to. Or you know, anyway, Beauty and the Beast, whatever. I had to change it. <laughs> So um, anyway, I got we were halfway through it and I was like, you're bored, aren't you? <laughs> I'm totally into this. <laughs> so um, consul, the, the consul offers to allow the brothers to return to Lightwood House with their sister. Like that's your, I don't know. So obviously he's leaning punishment? into something. Yeah. So Gabriel starts right. thinking about Charlotte and I don't know how he sort of these wheels turned very quickly. But basically, his thoughts are, if she hadn't been so foolish as to allow Tessa to stay at the Institute, Gideon wouldn't have been injured. And it sounds like he's going to be fine. So, like, he's like, his blood wouldn't have been shed. I literally have a hangnail right now. I'm bleeding. Whose fault is that? Okay. Chill. Okay. Chill. (laughs) And then he went even further into his sadness. And he's like, and if that little bitch. Okay, that's me. He didn't say that. (laughs) <laughs> um, if she wouldn't have revealed Benedict's secret, he would never have be- had to be- betray Mortmain, and he wouldn't have lost access to the drug he needed. So none of this would have happened to him. Like, Gabriel would still be living his life, being a little dickhole over there. And um, so then the consul tells Gabriel that this offer, it's only for you. You can't tell your brother, okay? Like, this is just our little secret, which is creepy. Mm-hmm. He tells Gideon he he's supposed to tell Gideon that the consul no longer wants their help, and so then the consul says, "What do you say?" And Gabriel says, "What do you wish me to do?" And I'm like, "Bro, he just told you he wants you to tell your brother <laughs> that you don't need to help him anymore." I don't know. I just it just seems very quick that Gabriel was just like, "Cool." So I'm down. Mm-hmm. DTL. Yep. <clears throat> okay. We're moved again. And this time we're in Jim's room. And Will is set up in a chair next to his bed. And Will's taking in the room and, like, noticing how sick Jim looks. And wondering, like, how he missed it in the weeks before. It's mm-hmm. like, when you look back at your kid and you're like, when did you lose your chubby cheeks? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just happened. You don't have baby face anymore. Mm-hmm. Where'd it go? Yeah. When did your teeth get so big? Yeah, that, that, that's the one that really throws me off. I'm like, whoa! <laughs> you look Every like an kid adult. goes through that stage. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so 
So Charlotte interrupts his thoughts to tell him that he is a visitor, and it is none other than your boy, Magnus. And Magnus had told Charlotte that Will had summoned him, but she's a little dubious. She's like, mm, he said he summoned, like you summoned him, but I don't know. And Will corroborates the story, and Charlotte walks away, but she's a little suspicious. <laughs> Don't be, suspicious. Really was, don't be suspicious like i wonder <laughs> i was do you think charlotte is like is there something going on between magnus and will do you think she wonders <sighs> I, I don't think so don't. back I then well i mean i think it's more like that, what i mean she knows about to? magnus i'm sure I hope I would think so. I feel like she'd be liberal in that. He point. well, he was he I was just, dating what's her face though. So Camille, yeah, but well, he's maybe. with Wolsey Scott now, and I'm sure she knows that. Wait, are they like they're friends? They're very good friends. I I right. thought they. I was honestly, I thought they were. Are they not? Are they in a relationship? <laughs> they they're, you don't know seriously? they be fucking. Yes. <laughs> okay. I mean, I'm obviously not mad about it. I like them. Yeah, Over somebody. That's yeah, true. Used to get under somebody new. Yeah. I know that. Just kidding. No. Oh, therapy. That's it's very therapy. true. <gasps> oh my god. Therapy. I am di- that was beautiful. That's crazy. Yeah. I still. I really it's like those. <laughs> just thought they were all friends. these like the historical stuff. Yeah, they were just really good best <laughs> well, friends. Best yep. of friends. They shared a very deep bond. Yeah, exactly. Oh, shit. I just, I don't know. I'm a little stitches. Whatever. That's hilarious. God, I feel so dumb. Dun, dun. I mean, it's not okay. So maybe Charlotte is as stupid as me. Okay. She's I just feel like she thinks that they're going to get into shenanigans. Uh-huh. Like hijinks. Oh, you think like, like he's going to try and summon a demon in Jem's room or something? Yeah. I feel like he's like trying to like last ditch attempt sacrifice himself for Jim or see if there's something he can do and like he's calling a warlock oh, okay. and like what are you guys planning so she's like, like yeah. suspicious like are you gonna do deal? like necromancy to try to keep him alive like what are you doing right that makes way more sense she's yeah she's a little stitious that's super so it sounds like will did actually someone so like when i was reading it i do i have this really awful habit I don't read the whole chapter in its entirety. I read a line and then I write a line and then I read a line and then I write a line. And in my head, I was thinking it was going to play out like Magnus had, because I am like Amanda. I remember the broad strokes, but not the nitty gritty. So in my head, I was like, ooh, Magnus might have like an answer to Will and the win, 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 win Yen Fen and Jim for whatever. And so he just showed up there because he had news. And then he was just like, yeah, Will summoned me. And she's like, yeah, I totally did that. But th- that's not what happened. He did actually. I think we all him, wish that so. is what happened. But yeah. Yeah. And um, Magnus is like, so Will summoned him, but he's kind of surprised that he's like, oh, you, I can't believe you actually came. And um, Will refers to seeing him there, like seeing Magnus, like in the, like the breast of the Institute, as if you will. As, like, having a fairy knight seated with barristers. Like, that's just very out of place. Like, mm. this feels weird. Mm-hmm. And 
I'm assuming not many downloaders except like Tessa actually get into the Institute away from the sanctuary yeah. or like the drawing room. Yeah. yeah. Like this is where you're seated. This is where you're at, but like not going into a bed chamber. So it's got to be just like your teacher's coming over for dinner. Just weird. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. And Will tells Magnus that Jim is dying and he's like, yeah, put that together myself. <laughs> right. Like I, I see that. Uh, but Magnus is saying he thought he had a few days or like a week left when they had last spoken. Like, I didn't think it was going to be like this soon. So Will tells him it's not from lack of the drug. They, like, in fact, had like some of that stuff that um, Morty mm-hmm. had given him in the envelope and they had already administered it. But um, it didn't have any effect because he'd lost so much blood and was really weak after the battle. And they just at this point, they don't think his body is strong enough to make a recovery. Like we've already tried. Like he's just he can't fight any longer, Mm. which is awful. And Magnus asks Will if Jim is suffering. Like so like he's just sitting there in pain suffering. And Will says like he's not sure. Like I don't know. So Magnus tells him that it might be better to just let him go. Like if he's just sitting there suffering in pain, like you might just let him go. And he reminds Will that life is finite and he, like he knew that Jim would die before him. Like you knew this was coming. Doesn't make it any easier. No. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Will is confused, upset, hurt. All of these emotions that honestly I'm thankful I haven't had to go through personally in this type of situation. Like I haven't had to like make a decision on anything like that. Mm-hmm. It's just no thing. Yeah. Anyway. And he's taken, he's taking in Magnus's words, almost like I what I'm assuming, like if a doctor came in was just like, there's no, like, we're not getting a signal. Like there's no this, like he's an expert in the field. And like, it's just like, he is wisdom on it. Mm-hmm. And so Will's like, if that's what you think is the best thing for him, like if, if that's your advice. Right. Like you haven't and found anything, Magnus- obviously. Yeah. Well, he's just like, well, okay, if you say so. Like, and he, I just think he really doesn't know what the right decision is mm-hmm. here. And he trusts Magnus. And make, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, Magnus isn't out to hurt him or whatever. And Magnus is kind of confused by his answer. And so he's like, why did you bring me here? Like, did you hope that I could help him? Like, what was the intention of calling me right now? And Will tells him that he's not entirely sure, but he just thought that Magnus was someone that could, re- like, under said resonate understand what he's going through since he's immortal will has assumed that he's loved and lost many times in his life and he could show him how to be like how to go on Mm. and i just physically cannot yeah Mm -hmm. yep i i just like oh my god body chills yeah i'm writing this very um factually because that's the only way i can get through Mm -hmm. it Uh so i'm very sorry i don't have a lot but i just i couldn't give it can I just say something really quickly? The way that you were saying, like, the line, I, which line was it? It was like, um, like, it, it might be bet. oh, if, uh, like, it might be best if you let him go or whatever. The way you said that line in the cadence, I was like, she is talking how she would actually handle this conversation in real life. Yeah. Like, I was watching, I saw your face and I was like, that is exactly 100% how she would say that in real life. Like, if she was giving bad news. <laughs> it's very... Uh, this is not... They're my... Yeah. <laughs> it's hard for me. I'm having a moment here. Yep. And so I'm trying to calculate it because I can't get too attached because I will not mm-hmm. make it through. So <clears throat> don't think I'm not a fangirl. I just can't. I'm too much of a fangirl that I can't. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
<laughs> so Magnus is taken aback and is almost having a did we just become best friends <laughs> moment? Yeah. But he like he just can't believe that he summoned a warlock, a powerful warlock, mind you. I was going to say the high warlock, but he's not. No, not right. Because it's not. But like there's this giant battle that happened. Jim's dying and you summoned him here not to use his power but to have someone to talk to mm-hmm. and he's just like he can't believe it i have a he real friend, a friend. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and will kind of replies by saying like he finds magnus easy to talk to and he tells him about morty taking tessa and how he's conflicted about wanting to go after her to like sorry i wrote that wrong go after him, like go after Morty to find Tessa. Um, but basically he knows that he needs to be at Jim's side because number one, what Gabriel was talking about and like what would happen if Jim woke up and saw that Will wasn't there, he might like think that he just left him like and didn't want to be there because whatever. But if Jim was able to wake up and like be coherent, Jim would obviously tell him to go get Tessa back. Right. Like, yep. I know what Jim wants me to do and would want me to do is to go after Tessa. But I feel like I need to be here because we can't have that conversation. Right. And like after a moment, like there's this kind of a silence. And Magnus replies with this passage. And it's a long quote. And I'm sorry, but I did it. <laughs> and it says, Will, you ask me for my wisdom. And as someone who has lived many lifetimes and buried many loves, I can tell you that the end of a life is the sum of the love that was lived in it. That whether you think you have sworn, whatever you think you have sworn, being here at the end of Jim's life is not what is important. It was being here for every other moment since you met him. You have never left him and never not loved him. That is what matters. Fuck you. I know. <laughs> and I'm so glad Will my earbuds feels- fell out in the middle of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <coughs> Will feels a sense of release, like, and he asks Magnus, like, do you really mean what you're telling me? And then, like, wonders why Magnus is being so kind to him out loud. He's like, why are you being so nice to me when I owe you a favor? Like, and Magnus says, like, what favor, basically? Will's the only shadow hunter that's ever treated him like a human. And he's not as so heartless as to call in a favor from a brokenhearted boy. It's literally what he says. Plus, like, what and the then fuck did he do for add... me anyway? You know, like, come on. Just, like, right. Chill. Uh-huh. Just kidding. Right. Go get me some wedding rings to give to old mall. Like, I don't right. know. <laughs> yeah. And so after he says broken hearted boy, he's very quick to add, like, I'm sure that you're going to grow into, like, a fine man, a very good man someday. Um, and what Magnus is going to do, he's he christens the situation. Thank he sees, goodness. He assesses, he christens the <laughs> yep. situation, which is what we need. Yeah. Okay? And he's like, look, I'm going to stay by Jim's side. And if he wakes up, I will tell him where you went. And in the meantime, I'll do all that I can to preserve his life. Um, he doesn't have any yenfen, but he does have magic. And maybe there's something in like an old spell book in the library that will help him. So he's going to preserve his body and do what he can while he's alive. Will's going to go get Tessa and he'll be here to like stand guard and let him know what happened. And of course, Will is super grateful. And Magnus is quotes a book. And for once, Will doesn't finish the quote. <laughs> like, he's like, what are you? What are you? I don't know that one. Can you? 
Tell me more. And Magnus says, um, there's no secret to living. Wait, sorry. So he's kind of like quoting this book going back. And I'm realizing at this point I've missed a really big piece of this chapter and I'm a dummy. Um, it's okay. Anyway, I'll, I'll say it at the yeah. end because we'll get That's it. Fine. Anyway, so basically he's quoting this book and it's called like, I, I looked, it doesn't matter. Anyway, he quotes the book and the, the quote is him saying basically um, there's no secret to living through death. Uh, of a loved one you must endure what is unbearable and Magnus is like I'll give you a moment to say goodbye and when you're ready to go I'll be in the library and Will is super emotional as anyone would be looking at his parabatai knowing that this might be the last time he sees him so he leans down and touches his cheek and he says like hail and farewell and as he went to straighten up to leave he felt something grab his wrist and saw like Jim was grabbing it And what I forgot to mention earlier, because I'm so stupid, Uh was like he was talking about having to go get Tessa and um, saying like Jim would want me to do this. And uh, Magnus is like, well, does like Jim know that you love Tessa? Like, does he know that you're in love with her? And he's like, no, that's my burden to bear, like Mm -hmm. not his burden or whatever. Really dumb of me to forget that because guess what? Jim's awake. And he grabs Will's wrist, and I quoteth, I'm not dead yet, Will, he said in a soft voice, thin but strong as a wire. What did Magnus mean by asking if I knew you were in love with Tessa? Yeah! Actual chills. (laughs) What? And then... What? Now, cue baby crying, because you don't get to finish it. (laughs) Come on! Holy crap, what a cliffhanger. <gasps> Insert Hank Hill here. What? Damn it, Bobby. <laughs> Damn it, Cassie. Can't just end a chapter like that. <laughs> oh my god, I'm such a knucklehead. That. No, that was great. It was still good. I was like, what part? It sounds great. Can you say so parabatai like you say propane? Um... <laughs> I don't know. What is it? Because you got to say, I sell propane and propane accessories, right? (laughs) Habon parabotas and parabotra accessories. (laughs) The best part is the, oh, Oh, yeah. (coughs) Okay. That's all, folks. Oh, my gosh. That's how the chapter ends. We'll insert Olivia crying. I'm just the whole experience. Okay, so um, make sure that you read chapter 11, Fearful of the Night, for next week. Dude, I think I know why he's fearful of the night, and it's because of everything we're going to have to talk about. Awkward. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited. I'm glad Kristen gets the first part. Yes. It's going to be weird. Same. It's going to be me. All right, you guys. <laughs> for more weird behind-the-scenes content and the latest updates, check us out on Instagram at Podcast. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.